Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to do uh, what we did a few weeks ago, um, and we're going to suspend the format completely. And this time, though, we're going to talk about 15 things that Disney does right, uh, based on your comments to a post on our Facebook page. So that is what's coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. Okay. Yay. Look at that computer screen. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. <laughs> Episode one million and forty-six. You know what? You know what? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. We are off to a good start. One of those shows. Oh, the screen table is turned off. This is the Diz Unplugged episode 1054 for the week of November 5th, 2019. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And by Dizboards.com. Have questions about your Disney vacation? Join millions of other Disney fans who have the answers. From theme parks to cruise line... To Disney Vacation Club, our forums will help you get the most out of your next trip. Head over to disboards.com and join in the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Steve Porter. Hello. Julie Martin. Hi, y'all. And back in the production nook, associate producer, Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hey. So welcome to the show, folks. Um, like I said, we're going to kind of suspend the format uh, this week. I do just want to say a couple things we do need to mention at the top. <clears throat> First, apologies for not having a show last week. The uh, air conditioning in the house went. And it's not that we couldn't. It wasn't too bad outside. It's not that we couldn't have survived in here doing the show. It's the equipment. The equipment, we have to have the air pretty low uh, because the equipment heats up and... Uh, we need to have it a certain temperature in here before we can go out live, especially when you get seven adults in and a the lights. And it gone. was ninety-five degrees last yeah. on Halloween. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Um, I walked around. What well, was the twenty-eighth? It was twenty. It was twenty-ninth. Not the. I know, but still, that whole week. That was week horrible. was bad. That week was bad. So I apologize for that. So we're gonna uh, pick up with that format, but we do have a sad announcement to make. Um, I am gonna let Steve make that announcement. Yes. So uh, my journey here at the Diz has been amazing and great, but unfortunately, come the end of the month, I will be uh, moving on uh, to a new adventure. Me and my wife are going to be moving out to Salt Lake City. So I love this opportunity. It was the best job I've ever had. Um, and Is it was this one of those things where he's coming back again. <laughs> I would be like, oh, finally terminated. <laughs> but yes. Uh, just kind of a new change in life, and I'm going to miss this and miss all the, the, the listeners and watchers, watchers and all that kind of stuff, but just moving The watchers, on. like the creepy people? Yeah. Is, that, is that what you're... Yeah, yeah, all the, creep, all the creepos out there. But no, I'm going to... I, I, moving on to a new adventure I'm very excited about. All right. Yeah. But we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. Oh, thanks. Um, and, mm. But uh, you will be, uh, at some point, not too long after you leave, you'll be coming on as a Dreams agent. Yeah. Um, so he'll still be kind of in the mix. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be around. Of course, his wife, Michaela, is, has been a dream, dream, Dreams agent for a couple of years mm -hmm. as well. So 
you know. I can't wait to hear about the knife fights over clients. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that you're going to freeze to death. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's from New York. He'll be fine. Upstate yeah, but he's New lived York. here for a while. That blood thins out. It, it does, does thin. Yeah. <laughs> I put on, it's like now it gets down to the 70s here, and I've got to get a sweatshirt out. So oh, that'll gosh. be a big you're change. In trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> so I just want to let you know the first thread has been posted. Why is Steve really leaving? <laughs> <laughs> What's the real reason behind it? So, well, we are going to miss you, Steve. Thanks. But uh, we wanted to make sure we got you on the show this week to be able to tell folks about that. So, um, all right. So, uh, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we did our 15 things Disney Disney World needs to change. And uh, I'd said then that in the interest of being fair, that we also need to do 15 things that Disney gets right. Because even with the things on our list uh, that need to change, um, things don't go wrong all the time, right? There are certain things that we think... Uh, could be better. Of course, that show did really well. Got a lot of a lot of views, a lot of downloads on iTunes. I really hope this one does as well, um, because I think it's important to keep as much of this stuff in perspective as we can. Um, so we put the post on Facebook, and uh, Steve again called through. Well, let me ask you this, Steve. What was the vo- was the volume similar on this as it was on the uh, negative one? Unfortunately, no. I think it was like the high two hundreds, where the uh, other one was four fifty in comments. Yeah, the, so. the the positive stuff doesn't get mm-hmm. the same attention. The negative stuff. It, it also was a there was a less of a variety of things. There was a lot of people praising a lot of the same stuff on here, where the previous episode was kind of a, a larger group of comments. Right, right. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into it. Um, and this is in no particular order. Um, number fifteen: easy and simple transportation around the resort. Guests love that once they arrive in Orlando, they can use Magical Express, the Disney buses, the monorail, and more, all for free. It makes getting around Walt Disney World so much easier. Or renting a car is certainly an option. Most guests feel like they don't need one. Do we agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I came down here with my uh, friends in high school, and we were too young to rent a car. You have to be, like, 25, right? And it wasn't a problem for us. It was just like, you know, we could do everything we wanted to at Walt Disney World, and there was no limitation. Certainly, if you have in the budget to rent a car, that's a, a great option, but it's certainly not necessary. Well, I, I, th- I feel like I do need to insert here the experience I had last week on the Skyliner. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to make this any negative, but I've got to be honest, right? I was at um, uh, Hollywood Studios with Sean and my nephew, uh, Carl, and we decided to go over to Epcot. And I said, you know, I'm talking so much about the Skyliner, I really need to try it out. Now, I will say this. I thought the cabs themselves or the, the cars or whatever they are, uh, beautiful. Um, I thought the stations were great. Um, I do have a fear of heights, so... You know, I had to factor that in. Um, we went from Hollywood Studios to the Caribbean Beach, and we had a change to go from there to Epcot. We did that. As we got about halfway to Epcot, it broke down. Mm. And Or it stopped. I, don't did you have I to can't say the, that it broke down. Know, did you have to use the waste bag? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had said, I had said uh, to Sean and Carl, if I have to use the defecation bag, I'm mailing it to Bob Jabeck. Um But... We uh, the car stopped. 
and it was a good 30 minutes. And then it eventually picked up again. Now, I'm going to say, it was a warm day, mm-hmm. and we were stopped, and it wasn't, temperature-wise, it was not bad at all. It was not bad at all. Um, Did you just say 30 minutes? Th- it was about 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's hanging over a roadway. Um, so I'm sitting there saying, okay, if this thing snaps, if the fall doesn't kill us, the oncoming bus will. So, um, the Taurus will. That's the, Jer- <laughs> that's the Jersey in me, right? Everybody's dead in the ditch. Um, so we, it finally starts moving again. And we get into the station at Epcot, and a cast member is coming around to each of the cars, and she's talking into the vent. And she says, uh, we're sending you back to Riviera. You're going to have to uh, deboard there, and there'll be buses and I'm like, well, we're here at Epcot. Why do we? And it's exactly what happened. We were not allowed to get off at Epcot. We had to go back to Riviera. And How then did she talked to you through the vent? Because it's open. It's open air. It's like there's a vent. And she was outside the cab? Yeah, outside the cab, talking into the like vent. Like running alongside mm-hmm. of it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, how did she? How was she that high in the air? Yeah. I, I apparently no, 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 was on the ground. In the station. <laughs> No, she Me was too, not Kevin. like. I thought she meant like where you were over the roadway, and no, I apologize. No, 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 I thought she I was. I found a zipline. I was paying attention too. As we come into the, as we were coming into the station, um, oh. and they sent us back to Riviera, and and we get off, and the line for the bus was a mile long. Oh, look at all that time you saved. And, oh, we, honestly, we could have walked faster um, to the to Epcot, and we ended up getting an Uber. Um, so. Skyliner is not it's not ready for prime time. It just isn't. I, I agree with this I agree with this sentiment. I think that transportation options around I don't I think you're hard pressed to find more varied transportation be it monorail, watercraft, buses, um even the minivans. I'm going to tell you something that minivan service it may be expensive, but oh my, it is so good and the cast members Driving are phenomenal, and they love their job. And what is going on over here? <laughs> I thought I was being really subtle. Kevin, no, not. Kevin's not, not hit the floor. <laughs> I apologize. As, as as you do. Um, as you get older. So I mean, I think I think the point's well taken. Yeah, yeah. I think this even is something that, generally speaking, a Skyliner right now, notwithstanding, I think generally speaking. Th- that I agree with this. Mm-hmm. Let me speak of sort of what what I feel happens at Disney. Like I think the buses are the perfect example. When they were building those center roadways for the buses, it was a mess. And I kept saying this is ridiculous. The roads are a mess. It's causing more traffic than it's worth. Now that it's done, I think it's the most brilliant thing they've ever and, done. And you know, I, I was thinking about this too. Not just that, but when they were doing all the construction of Disney Springs, yep. it was a nightmare, right? It was a nightmare being down there. It was a nightmare trying to drive past it, mm-hmm. especially in, in the evening. And it was, everybody was screaming about it, yet, and myself included, I'm right there, you know, I'm not saying I wasn't. Now, it's great. It's absolutely genius. I think they have reinvented that whole area. I think Disney Springs is one of my new favorite things at Walt Disney World. And I think they're drawing a lot more locals now mm-hmm. than they used to. We go to Disney Mostly. Springs much more than we go to any theme park. Yeah. And mostly just because it's so easy to get in and out of, and it, the whole system is just... It's, it's easy, plus, you know, I don't, I don't know that this is on the list, but it should be on the list. Disney Springs is something they've gotten absolutely 100% mm-hmm. right. 
Um, so extrapolating my bus comment out to the Skyliner, Skyliner. I think eventually the Skyliner is going to be fantastic. I think I agree. I, I even after the experience I had last week, I said the same thing that I thought the way the stations were, the the quality of the 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 units themselves, the fact that we were stopped for thirty minutes. It was ninety plus degrees outside. Uh, it was about five o'clock in the evening, so still hadn't cooled off. Um, and I wasn't uncomfortable. I mean, we weren't warm. We were uncomfortable because we're hanging over a roadway. Um, for a half an hour, um, but not because of heat. So I think you're absolutely right that, you know, give it another. I think they should have waited to work out some of these kinks um, before they, they opened it. But I think give it six months and I think it'll be a whole different. And I go back to the same thing with the, I know we're spending a lot of time on this one. That's but fine. Back to the monorail. There's a lot of complaints about the monorail these days. I think once they get. A mindset that they're going to fix the monorails and they're going to change. Well, supposedly the, there are new new, ones new monorails coming. Yeah, I think it's going to go back to being. Apparently, they're being built by the same people who built the parking garages, but you know, they're, they're coming. Yeah, it takes time. So, so yeah, I think Disney does that stuff, especially when they focus on something. When something's their focus, I think they absolutely positively get it right. Well, I think we're definitely going to see those. I think there's a number of things we're going to see change between now and the fiftieth. Um, it definitely seems, and this is true of Disneyland, it was true of Disneyland Paris, it's true of all of them. When they're coming up on a big anniversary event, there's a lot of focus on, you know, on cleaning your house. Um, so I, I think we're going to see a lot of this stuff change by the time the 50th comes around, which is October but See, the problem to me with that is it's not cheaper while you're cleaning, I understand what you're saying. But I, I grew you know, up in a time when Disney was always clean, that everything worked. And I mean, like, if it was down, it was an anomaly. I remember um, 20,000 leagues beneath the sea, under the sea, whatever. You know what I mean? Whenever we went to the park, it was not uncommon to see that was broken. But that kind of became part of the lore. But everything else worked. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happening is there's so much construction. And I apologize if you don't think this is going to be good for six months, um, I don't know that it should be open. It no. should be it should be good when they open it. It should be safe when they open it. You should feel confident. And I understand the whole thing. Buses have accidents. Monorail stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not dangling over a roadway. Yeah. I understand your point. But I do think, you know, looking past that, because I agree with you, but I think looking past that, I think within six months we'll have... If you could, if, if the camera could only catch, it's all right. Kevin's the, shenanigans. The, the audio is coming through nice the and clear. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll put stuff in my mouth and crunch it. Oh no, I can hear that um, too. All right, let's go on to number fourteen. Uh, guests love that cast members are empowered to provide magical moments. These are the small moments that, for some, last a lifetime. It can be as small as an extra ride on Space Mountain or a free balloon, but these little moments that sometimes come at a cost to Disney. What is going on on that side of the table? I'm sorry. <laughs> Is this your first show? It is. Hey, Craig screwed up first. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to uh, join in. Sorry. He's not I'm wrong. eating because Steve is leaving. Okay. Emotional eating. All right. These, uh, these small moments, uh, these are small moments that for some last a lifetime. It can be as small as an extra ride on Space Mountain, a free balloon, 
But these little moments sometimes that come at cost to Disney are very special uh, for the guest on the receiving end. I think we can all agree with that. Um, I uh, I would love to see them em- encourage it more. I would love to see them encourage it more. But, you know, I, I talked a few weeks ago about my mother's experience at Wilderness Lodge and the le- the lengths that the manager went to with apps. Nobody was yelling. Nobody was complaining. Nobody was threatening anything. The lengths the manager went to to make it right, uh, make the issue right, is a classic example of what this is talking about. I, and I also think what's impressive about Disney to me more than any other company is, yes, the manager can step in and really make big changes like that. But it starts with like what they empower even a custodial worker to do with if they notice something's wrong – you know how can they fix it right away? Whether that's writing a no strings to get a simple thing like a, a free bloom, like the comment said, you know that can seem small, but it can turn a day around when every it's like everything's going wrong, everything's going wrong, and then you finally get one thing that like oh wow that was a nice interaction. It can kind of shift to the vacation in a different direction, you know, and that doesn't have to be even from a manager. So uh, three of you were cast members, uh, mm-hmm. Steve. Craig Rhino. Me. Well, yeah, as a, yes, that's right. As a manager, yes, yeah, that's right. Once upon a time, I, also, I was too. And at one point, I was working frontline stuff. Okay. On so I'm going to ask the people who are cast members in the room. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, how often? How often did you do things like that? How often did you make magical? Give me an example of a magical moment you made for a guest. Um. Well, so I was. I have one really for. I, so they used to give us these pins back in the like when I first started, um, and they were uh, they came in a pack. It was two Tinkerbell pins, and the idea being that you give a guest, um, you know, this two pack, and then they they'll you know pass it for pay it for keep you know, one, yeah, and, and then keep one, one for them, and then make somebody else's day. So that was the idea of like pass the magic along, but. Um, so I had a, like a bunch of them I would keep in my locker and put like one in my pocket before every show at Lights Motors Action or something. And then, you know, they started to disappear. Like they, it was, you know, over and done with. They weren't making them anymore. And I kept, would be like, all right, well, I have like one or two left that I'm trying to save for, you know, a special moment or something. And so there's one girl who came up in a wheelchair and, um, she was just telling me, um, you know, we were just chatting, and I was seating her in the in the level where we did in the thing, and, and just tell me about her vacation. And I was like, oh my god, this girl is so sweet, and the family's so nice, or whatever. So I'm like, as the show's ending, I like run out to them, and I'm like, can you guys? I was like, if you wait right here, I might have something. You know, I was like, just wait here for like two seconds, and I like ran back into my locker. And, you know, it, it took me a minute or two, but I found one in, like, the very bottom of, like, my backpack. I had one left, and I was like, okay. So I ran it out, and I give it to this girl, and the girl starts crying when I give it to Aww. her. And I'm like, oh. I was like, it's a, I was like, they gave it to me. It's not that big a deal. Like, and I was like, it's okay. And they're like, no, our house just burned down and she's a big pin collector and we lost everything and the pins were gone and everything like that and all this oh stuff. Gosh. And I'm like, okay, I won't start crying now either. <laughs> and like, but you know, it's just thinking like I would just try to do this little thing and you never know who that little thing you do for somebody, how it can impact them like that. Like, I mean, I, we used to have like a VIP section and I, if you were nice to me, which, surprisingly it doesn't happen a ton of times like I would just be like how many do you have in your group and I would just randomly seat people over there you know little things like that whatever I mean mine was a lot shorter and easier than Rhino's description there we no one's house burned down yeah Yeah, essentially if you know if we had extra cast members that day on 
on staff, eventually you would draw. Once you'd go to CDS, you would draw one where you just walk around and What's CDS? CDS, cast, cast appointment, appointment system. system. Basically, okay. as soon as you get through your rotation, you go to computer and tells you where to go next or if you're going on break and coming back from that. So if you had a lot of extra workers, then essentially you would get tasks where you would either sweep take, the queue, sweep the trash, queue yeah, go like to lost and found, drop off all that stuff there, uh, or the one that everyone at Test Track did way back when I was there, and that's we would just pull random families that we would saw outside saying like, oh, it's an hour wait, we're not going to do it. And then be like, okay, well, I'll take it right up the back right now, and cool. we'll get you on immediately and just do that. So I'd do that probably two or three times every shift. So sometimes more if you kept drawing it. So because we got to ride with them, so I'm like, why, why not? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. I had one that was also kind of sad, like rhinos, but I hopefully made the situation a little brighter. It was uh, I worked at the Carousel Progress, and if you've been on the Carousel Progress, the very last scene is like the '90s scene, and then you go back into what looks like where you walked in, where it's just that gear and the curtains. And uh, I was at the monitors, which you can see all the different scenes, and there was a family that wasn't leaving. And unfortunately, with Carousel Progress, you're not allowed to stay on. You have to get out and then get back in. I don't know why, but that's just the rules. So I walked over, and I I told the family, hey, guys, like, unfortunately, the show's over. If you want to watch again, you're going to have to go around. They uh, they told me if they could just have a moment because their uh, family member, that I can't remember if their son or daughter, but it was a child, that this was their favorite uh, show at Walt Disney World had just passed away and that they wanted to just take an, a moment as a family in there together. So I gave them as long as they I could before I had to start the show again because if I waited again, everyone in the ride would have been seeing the same scene again. So I gave them as, as long as I could and then I, once the timer was going down, I, I, I had them come out and then I wrote them a no strings to say, Hey, whatever well, you guys want to Explain to people what on. a no strings is. A no strings is basically I can write that out for a free balloon, a free ice cream bar, a fast pass to whatever ride you want to go on. Um, and those are given, it's like a booklet that cast members have around the station that they're working at as a guest recovery, but also in times like that, when you say like, I got to do something extra for this moment and that was kind of my favorite one that I, I got to give out because it was... Do you have any of those booklets laying around? <laughs> well, people would steal them. That was the problem. Yeah, I would imagine that yeah. some yeah. people would be unscrupulous. So, I mean, those are some... Do you have any examples? I do. Do you want? I was a lifeguard. It's really kind of hard to... I mean, she hey, there's a snake. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> you kept someone from getting hit by a water moccasin. That's magic. Um, <laughs> as a manager at Disney, what they had was... A couple times a year during the busy season, they did what they call cross-U, cross-utilization, meaning that they wanted people who were doing sort of desk jobs, quote-unquote, to go into the park and alleviate frontline cast members because it gets so busy and there's so many guests, you want to sort of increase that cast member-to-guest ratio. So every time it came up, I did it. I loved doing it. Did yeah, you it did, Christmas yeah. Christmas and Easter's and stuff. And one year was, um, and it was very glamorous work. I bust tables at the ABC commissary, <laughs> things like that. So one year I was busting tables at the ABC commissary, and because it's a seat yourself restaurant, it was nuts. And there was one family, I think it was parents and a little girl, and they were having trouble finding a table. And every time they went to get a table, someone would swoop in and get it, and the kid was starting to have a little meltdown. Not terrible, not you know, no tantrum, but I could see she was getting 
uh, upset. I guess she was hungry. So I went in and I got them a table and I went and I got them each an ice cream. And it was like you thought you had gotten them gold, bars of gold. This was the best thing in the world. This little tiny act of something that didn't cost me anything. I just went in the back and said, hey, give me three ice cream bars. And they gave them to me. I don't know if they were allowed to or not, or they were just scared. <laughs> Please don't beat us up. But, you know, it's those little tiny acts that you have to do for people just to make sure that their day is going better, you know? And I think this is where, you know, I, I, I just as I'm hearing this, you know, I think about the list that we did two weeks ago. Um, I wonder how much could be mitigated uh, of the negative stuff could be mitigated if more of this... I'm not saying they don't do enough. I'm just saying that I wonder if... There was a bigger push, or maybe you know, get more given to them. Um, One of the things I was taught during my uh, training at Disney was this was part of your job. Your job was to help people have a better experience through whatever you can do, and you were empowered to do it. Yeah, but you went through your training in 1999. The training's different today. I don't know. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in the training now, but we know the traditions has changed dramatically. I, I will say the the kind of when things go bad and what causes kind of the other side of this list, like what we talked about uh, two weeks ago, uh, I, f- I always felt when those things happen, it was mostly because we were understaffed that day. And so I had to make sure that whether I was in a safety critical position or just trying to maintain sanity around the area because I had to do what I had to do if there's less staff and we didn't have as many cast members show up for work that day, you can't really do guest recovery right. in the same way. Cause you have to maintain the operations of the park. And so you don't have the time. Like there were sadly times when I noticed something going wrong, but I couldn't just walk away from my duties because yeah. there weren't enough people to help. Right. So I felt like that was always when things went sideways. I think that's what we're seeing now. What we're seeing now is that there's just not enough cast members to, do the job they have to do, and then also sort of provide that little bit of extra magic. All right, number 13. While some are frustrated with my Disney experience, others love the use of Magic Band's Memory Maker and the ease of the dining plan with the RFID technology. And I think this is... This is, I, I agree with this to a point. This was kind of went against some of the things that we said last week with we're kind of frustrated with my Disney experience. But other this was like well, a lot of people were saying that they disagreed with that. So I wanted to include it. You know, I I think my Disney experience is a disaster. I've been very clear about that. I think the technology has not worked well. I think everybody's had issues with it. Um, that is not to say that I don't like the Magic Bands. When I'm staying on property, yeah, I like... That's my room key. That's my credit card. That's my fast pass. That the, my problem is what you have to endure to get your stuff onto your Magic Band um, is the issue. But I, I do understand that you know people like it. Um, also, one of the things that was mentioned, and I think that's I think it's already on. You know what? I'll come to it because it's on this list already. That falls. Um, that falls under this thing. We see it. Um, with our clients is that if things go right with Disney, it's a great experience. However, when things go wrong, they go really wrong. So people who love my Disney experience are usually people who got what they wanted, got their fast passes, got everything works fine. There was no issues. So they all come think, back. I don't think any of those people exist. That no, we see them. No, I had never had a problem with my Disney experience. Or I, the problem is minimal and it's able to be corrected. The easily. thing that bothers me is the people walking around with their face in their phone. 
you're in public. Yeah. You have sort of a responsibility to not do that. But that's everything that Disney's now created, including mm-hmm. the interactive cues and all the other stuff, is you're in your phone more. Um, so I, I get that, you know, I, I definitely like Memory Maker. I think Memory Maker, when it, when they first rolled that out, I'm like, what a ripoff. Now I don't I don't feel that way at all, especially that it comes with certain annual passes mm-hmm. um, and that it's ride always, photos, ride and photos and stuff are always there. I, I really like that. Have you stayed in any of the new hotels that have the new TV systems where you can look at your memory maker on the TV? I haven't done it yet. Yeah, no. the Grandestino has that as part of their technology now. I think that's really cool. Yeah, you can access your memory maker pictures right on the television. Um, number twelve, uh, Walt Disney World does Christmas perfectly. All the decorations, the food, everything about the holiday season. Excuse me, is perfectly done. The nighttime shows at Hollywood Studios, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, the Sunset Seasons greetings, uh, gingerbread houses in the lobbies, all the trees and hotels. In the hotels in Disney Springs, Santa in the hotels, holidays around the world in Epcot, new decorations coming to Animal Kingdom. I'm not going to argue with any of this. I'm not going to argue with any of it. I think you're right. I think Disney does Christmas better than anybody. Um, I would like to see them extend the decorations like the Magic Kingdom to the rest of the park, but... Um, yeah, I think that you can certainly nitpick. Like, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam is not my favorite show, but, like, that's... There's a hundred other things around Walt Disney World that are done so well that the fact well, that it can get us in the Christmas spirit it, when it's like 80 degrees out, I think, mm-hmm. speaks, speaks highly. Volumes. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, you know, one thing not on that list that would head up my list is Candlelight Processional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, there are things that are routinely a part of the season for me and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for my mom's birthday. We always do candlelight processional. Um, we uh, she we love to go around the different d- the deluxe resorts. All you know, the casts at at the different resorts do displays in the lobbies. I agree. Um, the holidays around the world thing that they do is phenomenal. Um, I don't you know I really honestly I don't think there's any especially if you're a Disney fan there's no place better to be than Disney World for Christmas. I equate Candlelight Processional with Bob. Yeah, Bob loved it. It's the place I think he's the closest to us. Yeah, yeah. He loved Bob absolutely loved Candlelight Processional. One of the things you got to do is, I don't know if if people do this or not, look at every single tree at Disney. Every tree's different. Mm -hmm. Every tree's decorated different, has a different theme to it. I think that's great. I mean, because they could just put, you know, red and green balls on trees and be Christmas. But like you go to um, what used to be the marketplace over by um, uh, Once Upon a Toy, and that's all toys. That's Legos and the, mm-hmm. the barrel full of monkey stuff. I think that stuff is really cool. Well, I think I also think not everybody realizes that there is an entire warehouse and department dedicated year-round to maintaining and creating all of those it's decorations. It's just behind Fantasyland. And it's insane, the and operation. If you've that, ever taken a tour, they start the day after Christmas comes down. Mm-hmm. They start with the following year. That's so, something we prepare. don't talk a lot about on this show. We should start talking more about these. These tours that Disney offers are incredible. There are some fantastic the tours. scene stuff are really, really great. Especially if you're um, a veteran. Yep. And you've seen it's a just lot. a little bit of it's more depth it's a it's a different look it's a deep dive into some of the stuff you love 
Oh, I agree. I think the tours, especially like the backstage magic tour at Walt Disney mm-hmm. World's an eight hour tour that includes lunch, is probably one of the best tours you can you Central can take. Shops is so cool. Yeah, you get is. to go see all of this behind the scenes stuff. It's I haven't incredible. done it in a hundred years, but you used to go into the Christmas shop. Yeah. Well, that depends on what they're doing at the time. They have to change that depending on what's going on, but yeah. All right, number 12. Well, uh, I'm sorry, number 11. The resorts are very clean. Mousekeeping, for the most part, does a great job. The resort custodial workers keep the lobby spotless. The pools are perfectly maintained. Generally speaking, I agree with this. I think there has been some issues since they outsourced housekeeping. Um, but we were out in Disneyland Paris last month. And uh, there was one night Sean and I walked around and wanted to see some of the other hotels. And we went into the Newport Bay. Now, I've thought of these hotels. I'd say if there's any of, of them that I, want, I would want to stay in, it would be Newport Bay. So um, let's go check, take a look. Oh, my God. It was a disaster. It was filthy. It was filthy and worn and, like... Like you know, uh, broken wood in the railings, and the floors were all scuffed up. And I'm like, in um, on its worst day ever, Walt Disney World would never allow that. Well, I think what's amazing about it is it's thousands and thousands of rooms at Walt Disney World, and sure, there have been. You know, I, I'm sure we'll get comments that say, "Oh, well, my room was messy one time." Yeah, it that, there, there are exceptions to every it rule, happens. but. The percentage of rooms that are spotless are much higher at Walt Disney World than I think you'll find most any other places. And I, we also went into uh, Sequoia Lodge. That was beautiful. I will tell you that was. That's where I'd stay. Here's the thing I have with not to completely derail us, but with Disneyland Paris, once you get past. Their Magic Kingdom and their their park and then their hotel and even to some extent the studios. I think the rest of that place is kind of. I will tell you, I, I I didn't see the rooms in Sequoia Lodge, but we walked around the lobby and uh, had a drink in the bar in the in the the lobby bar. I'm looking around, going, I could stay here. And the prices were really reasonable compared to what they are. I understand those rooms are small. I've never been in them. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think that's common in Paris. But you get to like you get to their um, downtown Disney, and it's like you know, I will say that I will court. say that their downtown Disney is, was better this time around than it was the last time I went. I'm going to tell you something. Well, this is in a dining show that we just recorded. Um, four of us had lunch at the Rainforest Cafe in downtown Disney, and I got to tell you, it was one of the best meals we had on wow. the trip. Yeah, I. It was so good. I mean, really good. And I was like, we were stunned. We were stunned. We got to do a. We got to do a uh, a show about that trip because I had a great time on that trip. The food was not good. Yeah. No. I, I, and the I, problem is, somebody in a shop in London. We were talking about going to Disneyland Paris, <clears throat> and she said the problem she has with it. Now, again, this was a lady working in a shop in London. She said the problem is you're in a country known for its food. France, France is known for having yeah. good food. And they've put a Disney park in the middle of it, and the food's not good. Yeah. We had dinner at the premier restaurant in all of Disneyland Paris. And I was a little disappointed that it wasn't prepared there. It was prepared in a banquet facility, and I found it almost inedible. Mm. Mine wasn't that bad. 
my and that meal, that particular meal. I had meal. scallops, and they put brown beef gravy on them. Oh. You yelled at me for something for the dessert. You were like, don't even. Don't. Yeah, I forgot what it was, but yeah, uh, no, it was like the dessert was a disaster. I'm sorry. But you, yeah, you don't put brown gravy on scallops. Well, I, I, that's actually going to be one of the shows we want to do for the marathon. Oh, great. Um, how to make so, scallops. How to make scallops. <laughs> um, Scallop brown gravy. But I, I think this point is well taken. I think in comparison to most other hotels, I mean, obviously there are exceptions, but in comparison, I think they definitely run, they run good properties. Um, number 10, I think everybody can get on board with this. The Walt Disney World Fireworks are incredible. Only Disney can put on such an impressive fireworks display. Other theme parks don't even come close. Nobody comes close. Nobody, and they do it every night. They and do it every single night. Multiple parks every night. Multiple parks every yeah, night. Yeah, it's pretty and impressive. I absolutely agree. Uh, some of the nighttime entertainment you find just in general in the parks at Walt Disney World. Well, and when some of the worst nighttime shows at Walt Disney World are better than its competition... Like, oh, yeah. That speaks volumes, I think. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Number nine. Uh, many commenters mentioned the dining options for food allergies and restrictive diets. Walt Disney World has so many offerings that everyone, regardless of allergy or diet, can still find something. I challenge anyone to show me another place, another resort area that goes as far as Disney goes in dealing with allergies and and uh, food restrictions. I have to tell you something. I just read an article about the high-end restaurants in New York City, and the chefs at these restaurants are doing away with that. They said it's gotten out of hand. If you have an actual allergy where, like, if you eat shellfish, you'll die, they will accommodate that and go to all lengths. But there are way too many people um, with dietary Requests that they're preferences, not, preferences that, are, that are medical issues that are not medical issues that it's gotten so out of hand that it takes three full time staff members to prepare a service for any given night, and they're now saying that unless it's an actual allergy, no, we can't accommodate you. Well, I'm really glad that you know I I I, I don't really. I may ask them to change a dish or to keep something off of a dish if it's not something that I should be eating. Um, but I fortunately don't have any any food allergies that I have to. But, I mean, on the other hand, uh, Craig's wife, uh, Kylie, uh, has severe allergies. Um, and I'm, how does she find – I mean, how do you guys find it with that? Let me just ask you since you have experience with it. Uh, it's, it's fine. I mean, she's never had any scares at Disney. So it's – Half of the time, we don't say anything because Disney has been so good at being upfront about what's in, in the ingredients in their their food. So it's really... And I think it spills over to Disney Cruise Line, too. Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, they have the best um, chefs that are prepared for yeah. any dietary need that's out there that... You know, yep. allergies and stuff. One of the things that's the most important, though, is you got to communicate it. You have to communicate it, yes. To, be, yep. to people. Because that's the thing we hear a lot of is, you know, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. My son is allergic to peanuts. Tell everybody you come across right. that that's your problem. Well, I mean, I'm always, I think virtually every time I've ever gone into a restaurant to order food at Disney World, we've been asked at the very right. front, are there any allergies? I mean, it's asked repeatedly. You're asked that when you make the reservation. Yeah. 
Yeah. The the only downside I can see from my perspective on it, since my wife also you keep it positive. Yeah, I I mean no, it is positive. I think it's I think Disney does a great job with their desserts and such, but there's been probably at least five times in the past year where there's been a dessert that we've seen online that Kylie was so excited about and show up to get it and they're like, Okay, well actually this this little decoration we have on top is made of almond so instantly for her that ruins the entire dessert and it's well can you make one without almonds on it and they're like well no we don't actually make it right yeah. here it's brought in yeah. so when it comes to breads and desserts that's the one place i feel like unless you're at an actual uh in a sit-down table service restaurant where they're doing it right in-house then that's you're going to get the full yeah, experience I, I, like you should. But. Honestly, in all fairness, you can't ask counter service to be you know exactly. making desserts to order. Yeah. Um, no, it, either, that's so. the only place where it's. Right. I know people with allergies and don't. don't they get have the full a book experience. at every restaurant that shows what every ingredient is in every dish. A book that uh, not apparently any, no one can ever find. Yeah, yeah. And, and not anymore. They used <laughs> to be really it's good. Maybe those about, no strings books. They used to they used to have <laughs> books that had all the not not just the information. But also what the you know calories and fat and carbs and everything was, the nutritional information. They and that do, I don't think they do that anymore. But what I will say is, um, we just recorded a bunch of dining shows yesterday, so you'll be hearing this in the dining show. I'm going to tell you something. I have now tried two of the plant-based options. One at uh, Docking Bay Seven, and one at the Wave. And I'm going to tell you, and you know me, you know how I eat. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably good. They uh, the tikka masala at the wave, which was done with tofu and curry. I couldn't eat enough of it. It was so good. I've, the next time I go back to the wave, that's going to be my meal. It's going to be the the bacon and eggs mm-hmm. appetizer and the tikka masala, and then we had the plant based meatballs. So it was meatless meatballs. They were better than most meat meatballs. I tried the Impossible Burger at Wendy's. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. Well, not to say. So I'm going to say that they really are making incredible, uh, incredible strides with that and really been up in their game with that. Um, Number eight, the character performers do an outstanding job. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that point that characters and performers um, really do, and, and they're phenomenal. The argument they, is that they cut back on them. Yeah. People want more of them because they're so great, and people love to see them and enjoy that entertainment. Yep, so. but they do an outstanding job. Number seven, um, Walt Disney World has several outstanding dining, shopping, and recreation options that aren't all about Mickey Mouse and princesses. You can go to the Magic Kingdom and feel like a kid again, or you can go to a fancy restaurant and have time to be a grown-up. Um, the dining options at Walt Disney World are without que- are unparalleled. Um, I'm not saying all of them are good, but there's a lot of good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ones there. There's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the dining shows we just did yesterday um, was um, five best family-friendly places to eat where you're not sacrificing food and you know it wasn't hard for us to come up with that list yep. what's your favorite restaurant right now on disney property the wave what about you oh <laughs> dear headlights <laughs> we come back to you <laughs> oh, well. sebastian's 
That's mine. I haven't been to Sebastian's yet. You guys talk really good things about it. Get ready to do a review there. We'll do it with you. What about you? I honestly don't have one. Oh, come on. No, I genuine. I'm like Jolie. I can't think of one. It's I. I, If I were going to give you money right now and go say eat anywhere at Disney property. You like uh, California Grill? Yeah, I mean, I like it, but. Jesus. (laughs) Maybe Hoopty Doo. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. you like Hoopty Doo. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? I like Haleo. Yeah, Haleo's fast become our favorite. I enjoyed when we went there. I really did. Um, Well, the other one I like is uh, Chefs de France never disappoints. Yeah, that's just did that review. I feel that way about the brand. We have that review coming out next week. We said the same that I had stopped going. I had been, you know, I used to go all the time and always loved it. And I just stopped going for no reason. Because there's so many other choices. And then a couple of weeks ago, Sean's family was in town and, and we had dinner there. I'm like, my God, I forgot how good this how good was. It is, yeah. Then we went back and just did a review. And I'll say, let you, you know, that review will be up Friday. I um, think that's true of Brown Derby, too. Brown I've Derby, never very been consistent. Disappointed there. Very, very consistent. I had a couple, like two years ago or something like that, I had one of my cousins who's in his. Uh, mid 30s and he had never been to Walt Disney World before and he you know he didn't understand why I like Disney and he he comes down and the very first night we go to Disney Springs and he said wait I thought this was called Disney Springs and I said yeah it is and he says well like where's all the Disney characters and things he didn't understand he just thought in his head that Disney World was a massive fantasy land like everything that mm-hmm. we have in fantasy land was just for miles and miles yeah and he, when it dawned on him that there's more to Disney than the characters and that there's all these restaurants and shopping options that are not at all part of the Magic Kingdom, it kind of – he was like, oh, I, I understand. Like it totally changed his perspective of what this was. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't know that. because yeah, I think Disney Springs could use a little more Disney. That's Because I think too. it looks like the premium outlets at times. I think it's got a little bit of a cold atmosphere in certain parts of it, and it could use a little more Disney. We could all uh, use yeah. It. That's a that's a fair argument. That's a but I love it. I, love I it absolutely too. love it. I got to be honest. I am never. I you know there used to be when I would think about going to downtown Disney, um, I'd roll my eyes like, Ugh. now I look for opportunities. I look for any like if. Something's coming up, and I have to go to Disney Springs. I am really happy about it. We enjoyed Maria and Enzo's, too. We've been there a couple times. I have yet to try that yet. So well, it's got this weird backstory that they opened up an Italian restaurant in an old airplane hangar. So you kind of <laughs> so have, it is a weird backstory. have to kind of get past the fact that you're eating in an old TWA terminal, and that's part of the story. But I enjoy it. I also like the old... TWA terminal vibe. So, going back to what you said about apologies about your cousin, this is something we have to overcome with Adventures by Disney. Everybody goes, Well, why would I go at Disney? I don't want to travel with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck to Europe. That's silly. (laughs) So, we have to convince them that it's not Disney isn't just about those things, it's about the quality of the company and the the, service, right? The The training of the employees. So, all right, number six on the list we love the history of the Disney parks, and I think. That's most, my favorite thing. Most, if not all, the people in this room are. This one's, I think, truest for the like the hardcore fans. Obviously, you're not going to have a lot of first timers being. No, but you know, you. But only... I think the history of the parks draws people in. Like mm-hmm. once they get interested in it, once you have that experience, and you're like, wow, this is really cool, and you start learning more about it, because the the history is kind of endless. You mm-hmm. keep 
pulling layers and layers and layers, and there's story after story after story. Um, I just found that video that I posted a couple of weeks ago, maybe two months ago now, I had never seen before, and I thought I had seen all, most of it. And it was a time-lapsed view of them building Main Street. And I thought that was spectacular. I had never seen that before. So there's something out there that there's always something new. There's always a new book to read. I think you can also make like your own history there, your family history, mm-hmm. your personal True. history, and that becomes a part of your history. You know? Yeah. I mean, look, everybody in this room. I mean, Disney is a part of our yeah our story, right? Mm-hmm. Individually, um, and also, you know, uh, give I have a chance to give a. Shout out to Craig and Michael Bowling. Uh, they do connecting with Walt. Michael's our, our Disney historian, um, and tells all those stories about the history of Walt Disney World, Disneyland. Um, people love, love, love that show for good reason. Michael and Craig put a great deal of work into it. And uh, when does that go up? On uh, Mondays? Fridays. 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 I I've lost track of what shows go up when. Every Friday. Every Friday. Um, and that is on iTunes. You can subscribe to that on the iTunes channel, and we'll make sure that a, a link to that goes in the show notes. Um, number five, um, Imagineering's ability to push the boundary of what we thought was possible for theme park technology and design. I think most recently we saw that. Well, for first of all, let's be honest. Um, the two most recent lands to be built at Walt Disney World are a testament to... Imagineering's ability to create things that, I mean, whatever whatever Galaxy's Edge failings are, uh, the theming and the design is absolutely superb. Same thing with Pandora. Um, and you take a look at Flights of Passage, um, how, you know, they, how they create this immersive ride experience from the time you get into the queue till the time you, you know, you ride the ride. It's... Uh, and even Toy Story Land... I think Toy Story Land is so well done. Oh, no question. It's, it's so incredible when you walk through there, and I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. I still can't get past Andy's lunchbox having alcohol. <laughs> but, no, no. Um, Andy's 45, so I think he can have a martini every once in a while. Yeah. I'm looking forward um, to Mickey's Runaway Railroad. Runaway Railway. I stand yeah. corrected. Yes. <laughs> it's a point, a fine point, but okay. Okay. The other thing I'm really looking forward to is, have you seen the commercials now for Rise of the Resistance? I haven't seen the commercials, but I've seen some of the preview stuff oh they've released. Oh, my God, I can't wait for that. I think, I think this is, it's going to be a game changer. I really I, do. I think it's going to be... However, the new commercial shows clips from yeah. it and then says, at the end of it, now open. It's a little misleading. It shows oh. that, it shows Smuggler's Run, and it shows I think all they mean, Galaxy's Edge. I think they mean the Galaxy's Edge is now right, open. Right, yeah, but I think but, it's a little, yeah. little tricky. But it's like that commercial where they flew threw open the French doors, and there was the castle. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. It's not real. Yeah, it's not real. This is a, a one that I think ties in, actually, with the last point of like the history, is that Imagineering has maintained like the... You know, it, it started off with people like Bob Gurr and Marty Scalar, and it like worked its way down. And I think that we still have, you know, that that quality has just still been maintained. And now these these brilliant minds have more technology to work with, and so they can expand on even more. But you know, it hasn't faltered along the way, which I think is pretty incredible considering who has come before them. I also think the Imagineering the things that we think of as classics. Look at the way Haunted Mansion or Pirates has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was cutting edge then, and I don't know that anyone has surpassed it. Right, still I some mean, of the it, best rides. Right. So, 
I agree. I agree. I think that Universal has made massive strides in that in that arena. That their um, their version of Imagineering is Universal Creative, I believe, Craig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, new Universal Creative. Sorry. Um, and uh, that I think they've made great strides as well. But I think that's you know part of that competition back and forth between. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they've they've hired some. Imagineer. Oh, they have. They've yeah. absolutely posted some Imagineers, no question about it. Um, number four, and you know, this really, I had to stop and, and think uh, about something that we talked about two weeks ago. Um, this actually kind of changed my perspective a little bit. Guests love the planning. Uh, while some see planning everything months in advance as an inconvenience, others enjoy bringing the Disney planning into their homes as early as possible. You know, I'm going to be honest. I kind of completely forgot about that. You know, when I was railing a couple weeks ago about it taking, you have to know what you want to eat six months from now. You know, that's how this site started. Because even before my Disney experience and before Fast Pass and before any of that stuff, I was sitting back in New Jersey planning where I was going to eat six months in advance. So you know what? I need to shut up. Um because that is actually part of the fun. Um, that the, the planning of it was, and I don't, I, you know what? I kind of just disconnected from that. Um, and when I read that, it reminded me, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. It's like the that's why the entirety of my site exists. That's why Dreams Unlimited exists, because people want to plan this stuff because it's fun. Now, I'm going to speak for the people who don't. Okay. There's a way to still enjoy the parks as long as you don't go in with the attitude that if I don't get to eat here, I'm still going to survive if to you live can, another if day. You, if you can roll with the punches and be right. existential, which is kind of how I have to do it now because I don't plan right. where I'm going to eat six months out. I, I don't know here. where I'm going to be next week. But I'll tell you what. I, I, I actually like when I say, okay, we have to do a review. Or I want, you know, I got friends in town or family in town. We want to go have dinner. Looking at the date and the number of people and seeing the list of what's, what is available. Right. Like, oh, you know what? Oh, I, I really wanted to eat there. Or, you know, hey, oh, I, hadn't, I forgot about that place. So it kind of took on a whole different. So, yeah, you know, if it's Be Our Guest or if it's, you know, but even Be Our Guest and La Cellier are a little more available at the last minute now than they used to be. Um, yeah, okay, well. Then yeah, you're gonna have to plan that, but you can have an existential experience. It's a little bit more difficult with the rides if you're if you're not wanting to wait on lines. Um, if you're waiting to do your fast passes day of, um, it is. I, I really picking. do wish they would go to the max pass system. Honest to God, I just think it, for those like I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that. I don't do that in any way we travel. If there's a restaurant I want to go to, I'll make a reservation. To be sure I can get there. But the idea of planning every meal for my vacation, I don't want to go. Uh, but I, will, I, will, I, I will say this. If I was still living in New Jersey, that's exactly what I would be doing right now. See, I didn't even want to do it then. No, I'm just saying. I did. I, that's me. I, I don't it. want to do it. I had spreadsheets. I had spreadsheets <laughs> and books. and. Right. But the difference was when we were doing that, we were planning that, that far in advance, it seemed to be less of this you couldn't get what you wanted. What I find now is a lot of our clients get disappointed when they try to do their fast passes and they can't get what they want yep. because of this system being so far in advance. So that's where the frustration lies is some people don't want to have to plan 
you know, every single ride they're going to go on that coincides with a meal. They like to have a little bit of days when you walked into Epcot. Now, again, it's 100 years ago, but you went to the TV screen yeah. and you made your reservation for the day. And you might find that whatever you wanted wasn't available. And they would suggest maybe you can do that tomorrow. So I guess maybe I was trained that that's how you should do it. But I agree with you. Whenever we make a dining reservation at Disney, it's not about we want to go here. We go to the Disney reservation system and see what's available for our party size at about the time we want to go. And we make our decision that way. You know, with the dining show, for example, with the reviews, you know, I have a list of restaurants that I know I want to get reviewed. And so when it's time for us to make a reservation, I just go and I put the information in and I see what's available. I see which one of them is available. Almost always, almost always I can get, I can get a reservation. Almost always. Um, but I, I, that really did trigger with me. This is all Disney's meeting the needs of its guests, right? Because people have been planning. They realize they have to plan to maximize their time. So Disney's just figured out a way to help guests do that. I think Disney has trained guests to do that. I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a need for it, and Disney wants you to do it. How come it's not the case in California? It's a different beast. But they've trained Walt Disney World guests to do this. You also have to remember that the, 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 the vast majority of the audience in California are locals. These are not people who are planning three, four, five months in advance. Um, whereas the vast majority of people in our parks here are tourists. They're not locals. Um, so it is a different audience altogether. I agree. But do you think they wouldn't eat if they didn't have to make their reservation six months in advance? I guess what I'm saying is I think Disney World has managed that. And I think it's trained us to do that. We now know that if you want to eat at a certain restaurant, you have to know six months in advance. And I think that that is their choice. And I think it's made us do that. I think it's made guests fall into the line with that. I think that I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. But my it. side's but right. I, I, you know, when I... When I read that, that number four, guests love the planning. It just kind of like it was it, like a light bulb moment. Oh, we've, it, it, done, we've done a whole. I apologize, I you. We we do a whole thing where we say, when you you book with us, parting is planning is part of the fun. Planning is part of the excitement of building excitement for your trip and figuring out what you want to do and where you want to go. So, yeah, I think it bridges a gap where you know if you only get to come to Walt Disney World every year, every two years, every five years. Yes, six months is a long time, but for people, that's exciting that, like, you know, it's almost like they're a way to count down, you know, they hit that point. It's like, oh, we're that much closer. So it yeah. kind it's of. It's a way for someone to bring Disney into their everyday life who doesn't get to experience it all the time, like sure. us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what we have is we have people who are, who, are, who are upset because they can't plan further down the road. I keep getting, when can I book 2021? I want to come in 2022 with my family. When can I pl- uh, book my reservation? And Disney just doesn't let you do that. Yeah. So people want to really want to do this. All right. Number three, Walt Disney World is disability friendly. Everyone is included in the magic. Now, I know that people were some people were upset when they made uh, changes to the guest assistance program. Um, but... That was done because of abuse. Those changes were made because people were abusing the system. Um, and 
you know, I I don't utilize the guest assistance pass, so I don't I can't speak to whether or not it's it's good or not, but I think that generally speaking, Disney goes far and above what the ADA requires. Yes. We use it for Ferris. And and how how do you find that how do you find it? I mean, it's easy. I mean like we don't you know, you go to guest services, they scan his fast pass, they add however many people are in your party. I think you're you have a limit, if I'm not mistaken. Like a maximum number of people, I think it's six. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have like fifteen family members, you know. Um, so usually if we have a fast pass for one thing, we will go to a different mm-hmm. ride where we would like that we would like to ride and they give you a return time. And it's usually within an hour. It's never usually more than an hour that we have to wait to come back and we get to utilize the fast pass entrance when we return. Um, he does have a hard time waiting, mm-hmm. especially in the heat. He gets overheated easily, but we don't use it all the time, only on an attraction that he might really want to do that has an hour wait, you know? Yeah. Um, we definitely don't abuse it. And we don't use it every time we go. But and it works for us when we do need it, for sure. And I think it works for any family that needs it. And beyond the, the access to the rides, Disney is so um, designed for people with special needs from, you know, no barriers to um, ease of access to things like that, that, you know, we talk about all the time. It's better than any place in the world. You know, and again, you, know, you know, uh, I can only speak to it from a very, very limited standpoint. So I'm not by no means an expert. Julie certainly has more to say about it. Um uh, than I would, uh, and I, I know that uh, I just know that they go further than what the law requires, and I think sometimes they go further than what you would expect, even um, with it. So um, that's. I think they should make every stall and every bathroom accessible, as opposed to one. Mm. That would be my only thing. Mm-hmm. There's usually one accessible stall, and I'm not suggesting that anyone get priority. However, if it's the only one you can use, you have to wait for it, no matter how many of the other ones are empty. I think they should make more of those, and that would become less I, I'm just thinking of the uh, the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he <laughs> did you ever see that? No. I'll have to send it to you. You wait. You wait. Um, I just think I think if they made more of them, I mean, people like them bigger. People need the handrails, and I understand that. But if there's one, you wait. Yeah. If you want to see how good Disney is, go anywhere else in the world. Yeah, pretty Even much. Even to another Disney park, like going to Disneyland Paris, very good. But still, there are points where you think to yourself... There's still a barrier there. There's, There's stairs into the handicapped bathroom. Right. There's still <laughs> something you haven't they haven't thought about. Where Walt Disney World is, the, and even hearing impaired and things like that. They're so good about it. Just so good. All right, number two on the list: feeling completely immersed by the Disney theming. The harsh realities of the outside world go away the minute you step onto Disney property. I think that's something they still do very, very well. Um, it's one of the best arguments for staying on site. Is that there's that there's that continuity of theming, mm-hmm. that you're just kind of in that bubble, and mm-hmm. you know the bubble's forty four miles wide, uh, forty four square <laughs> miles, um, but you're still in the bubble, and it kind of no, and there's a difference. There's a difference even driving, when you come from you know coming down I four and you get off your exit and you hit property, it just is different. 
hit the purple signs. You hit the purple signs. There is no place that's more evident than going to Alani. Yeah. You drive Alani's on the what? The leeward, leeward side, side of the, of the island. island. Yeah. So it's very arid. It's desert. And you're driving along, and it's just kind of dry and tumbleweedy. And you make that exit off the highway, and all of a sudden there's bougainvillea and the lush lawns and the fountains, right. and you think, the grass is, I mean, this is Disney, too, Walt Disney World. The grass is greener. The trees are healthier. I don't know what they do. Yeah. And all of a sudden you think, huh. I will say this. You know who's getting very, very good at it is Universal. Because Universal has to deal with the fact that they're kind of up against the major highway. So they've done this thing where these entrances and exits to their theme parks are actually beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. they've done a really good job. So I think what happens, too, is Disney elevates everybody because everybody's oh, being compared I've to said Disney. It, I've said the competition between Disney and Universal is a win for us. It is a win for us because everybody ups their game. Um, all right. Number one, fans love that Walt Disney World is still a place that people of any age can enjoy. It doesn't matter if you're 6 or 60. The Disney parks are meant for everyone to enjoy, and it's truly multi-generational. I can't argue that point. Is Steve the one who tapped, who topped this out at 60? Is that you think yeah. 60? That is the was oldest? the comment. Okay. <laughs> well, and, you know, again, I'll, I'll just go back to the fact that my mother and her two sisters and her brother-in-law just spent three nights on property at the beginning of uh, October. Never stepped foot in a theme park. Um, they were at Wilderness Lodge, and they were loving getting on the boat. <laughs> going, my stepdad loves to do that. Going around. We love to do that. And then, you know, That's eating great. at the different resorts and stuff. And we're talking about my Aunt Edith is 91. My mother is wow. 89. Yeah. Uh, my Aunt Janice is a bit younger. She's in her early 70s, I believe. Um, but still, we're talking about three senior citizens, um, some more senior than others. <laughs> and Sorry. <laughs> Um, and uh, yet, love it, love it, and aren't going on rides, and aren't making, fa- getting fast passes, and aren't, and still have this remarkable experience. I'm sorry, go ahead. Corey's grandmother. I think it was either last spring or the spring before. She and her three best friends that she travels with a lot um, since she became a widow many years ago now she travels a lot like overseas wherever but they planned a trip for food not food and wine flower and garden because you know all the flowers they wanted to see um and it wasn't about rides for them really either unless it was like a slow boat ride or something like that if they can get in and out (laughs) but they're on their mid 80s i think some of them are a little younger than her but it was more about eating and walking around and seeing the different things um the only thing that i will suggest is that if you are an older person who eventually does have like issues with mobility, don't be embarrassed to ride a scooter or have someone push you in a wheelchair because she paid for all the walking she did because she was embarrassed to rent a scooter and ride it. Yeah. Um, My mother was so like yeah. that for a little bit, but then eventually, you know. It makes I, it more enjoyable. We had one incident in the park um, during one of our parties uh, at Epcot where she had to be pulled out of the yeah. park in an ambulance. And I said, you're never stepping foot in a theme park again unless you are in an ECB. We did a whole show about this on the Dream Show. And one of the things we want to let people know, too, is not only is it for yourself, it's for the people around you. It's so that the people around you aren't worried about you yeah. and trying to make sure that you're okay. If you're in a place where you're comfortable and safe, it makes everyone's and more For two seconds. We talked about it on the Dream Show. I have an injury that happened in the 80s. And it makes me walk very slow. I have a drop foot. And what happens is I try. I spend my whole day trying to keep up. 
if you're walking ahead of me, I wait. I try and catch up with you. By the time I catch up with you, you're ready to move on to the next thing. It makes group travel or spending time with your friends more difficult. And what I realized was it not only made it more difficult for me, it made it more difficult for John. Because John wasn't enjoying himself either. John was worrying about whether I was okay. Mm-hmm. And if I sit in a scooter... I can look around, I can enjoy my environment, I can spend time with my friends without having to worry about trying to keep up with them. And more importantly, is I see the relief in John's face that he knows I'm not going to trip over my own feet and end up face first to the concrete. Right. So it's not just you. Right. I think that's really important. It's Mm -hmm. not just you who it's easier for. It's easier for everyone around you. And for those people who think that they have a right to tell you that you shouldn't be there... Oh, Have please. them call me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some do- of my favorite trips to visit the parks are when Corey's parents, his grandmother, and us with our kids, and maybe even his sister and brother-in-law, because you have all these generations of people who have grown up loving Disney and then getting to see them interact and do things with our kids, it just makes it a little more special. Not only is Disney for people of all ages, it's for you through all stages of your life. Because we have Kevin's nephews and my nephews who have been when they're very, very young. And now to see them come back and see it again when it's changed and experience mm-hmm. the new stuff, it's just... And, I, you know, I uh, on the converse of, uh, you know, senior citizens, um, you know, people say that, oh, you know, I'm not going to bring my kids until they're old enough to remember it. And I understand that, but they're also your memories. Mm-hmm. And having, you know, having your your child, maybe your child's very, very young, isn't going to remember it. You are, mm-hmm. and you're going to have those pictures, mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to show your, your son or your daughter in yep. 20 years, oh, look, look at this was you as a baby. Ferris's first kiss was from Mary Poppins, Aww. right in the middle of his forehead. And Aww. he doesn't remember, but I have a photo. But you do. <laughs> and I and remember. It makes a huge difference, right? <laughs> sure. Um, and bring so, those kids while they're free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And Keep before they're 10. <laughs> yes. Because we have However, an adult. If you're call- carrying your 110 pound seven year old, don't try and three. pass them through the, the turnstile, okay? So, all right. Well, there you have it. That's the list uh, that we compiled. Um, I think we could probably even go on longer and, and come up just more with our, for ourselves. But I thought that was a, a, a really good representative list of many of the things that Disney does right. And I, I really just want to encourage, we're never going to stop talking about what needs to change. We're never going to stop pointing out what's wrong. But I really, I, I think I have, I think it's, it's very easy to do. And I'm talking about for myself. It's very easy to do. And I need to challenge myself. And this list really kind of helped a little bit with that. Challenge myself to balance that out with what it is we love about it. Um, So there you have it. That's our list, and that is our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode of The Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody, and remember, stay out of the damn lights.